0: I listen to the secular scientists and I'm like, hey, you're saying that as if it's fact, but I know it's not fact.
1: Ah, yeah. Believers, a lot of times, anytime they get to an area that they don't know, they say therefore God.
0: Ah,
1: yeah. Even though we have extremely different points mm-hmm. of view, we can still get together. Have a margarita and
0: like laugh and talk Absolutely. about other stuff. I'd be like,
1: oh, you know?
0: From from a meetup to a podcast, yeah, I'm excited about it. I know. I can't actually. I'm actually surprised. Or I, I'm excited that you're the one who like responded to that meetup. Okay. I don't know what you were doing. Like, if you were looking for someone to talk to, or you just accidentally came across it, or whatever. Yeah. But um, I think it's cool. I think it's. I don't think it's an accident that you were the person who responded to my meetup.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know? I th- I think we're... um, We've enjoyed getting together and we enjoy the conversations and uh, I'm the same way. I think it was meant to mm-hmm. you and I to hook up. The reason I responded to it is because I'm passionate about, you know, the, the subject matter. Mm-hmm. You ex- expressly said... I, I want to speak with somebody who has opposing views yeah. and, and I jump right on that. And said, wow, oh, I'm here. For you. <laughs> <laughs> I oppose everything you say. <laughs> so no, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. So, uh, so that people know you put out on meetup, a thing that said, uh, well, go ahead. Tell me.
0: Well, I think I called it a conversation with a Christian. And then uh, under the description, I just said, um, uh, that, you know, I've been learning a lot of things and, um, that I wanted to know how my, um, how my ideas worked in the marketplace of ideas. Like when I went out and I talked to people who didn't agree with me, do my ideas work, but I'm a Christian and I hang out with Christians and I kind of live in a Christian echo chamber. Right. You know what I mean? That's
1: the main thing that I remembered about Mm -hmm. the, about the post and that you you specifically wanted to talk with somebody that wasn't in that echo chamber and to be challenged. Yeah. And so I was, um, Actively looking for opportunities to challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you stepped up, and I said, "Hey, this is this is perfect." Because so.
0: when I'm around my people, everybody
1: agrees with me. Baby, <laughs> <laughs> I'm always right because right. they agree with me already. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, it's and, good. It's good in general to get opposing mm-hmm. viewpoints, even when mm-hmm. I'm trying to look at something. You know, outside of our topic, which is r- religion. But uh, say I'm just trying to learn something about, I don't know, nuclear power or whatever. Mm-hmm. I always value listening to someone who is opposed and mm-hmm. looking to some listening to somebody who is in favor and and then getting both opinions and mm-hmm. then seeing where i where i fall in that yeah and so it's always helpful
0: and so like when i put that when i went to do the meetup group um i had been like listening uh, to to people talk and i had been learning new things and i had been um say i've been convinced of uh, say a certain worldview, right so i'm like i've learned things i'm like oh i agree with that and i'm convinced by it and i'm learning more and um then i started to think like um if i go like talk to someone it's, it's easy to, to have a conversation with yourself and to listen to someone who's teaching you something that you agree with, right? Right. And be comfortable. But I was like, when I go talk to someone, like, are they just going to shred me because I'm not thinking this out properly? And you know what I mean? Right. You're that not, was the thing.
1: You're not forming those into your own original thoughts. Mm-hmm. You're just regurgitating what you've heard mm-hmm. to yourself. Exactly. And so you don't have anybody there to challenge you. Mm-hmm. And force you to say okay well how do you explain this and that yeah because all yeah.
0: here is like some christian apologist make a, what i think is a really good argument and I'm right. like, man that's rock solid and then i bring it up and someone just pulls the rug out from underneath you and you're like sometimes you go back and think and you go oh man i wish i would have thought of this in the moment because this what their response to me when I, I made my argument their response to me was actually not correct and i shouldn't have allowed it to happen i should have said this right you right. think about that later yeah or you think about it and you go that doesn't work you know yeah. what I mean? That that one just fell apart. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. So what do you hope to accomplish with the podcast? What what is your end goal? Okay,
0: so so, where I was, okay, so I've been a Christian my whole life. Like, I okay. got saved probably like in the second grade, right? And, but, so I've always been a Christian. I've always lived in the Christian world. And I, I mean, I believed it and I, and I I never didn't believe it. I'm convinced that the Bible is true. But I also kind of tacitly, without really thinking about it, just accepted the secular worldview of, say, science and, and just, uh, just the world Just the the secular worldview It just kind of was there And I didn't question it Right I would say science Is probably the biggest one Okay Okay um, But also like I don't know what the right word is I don't want to say politically But like How people interact with each other And like what for instance, something would be like prayer in school. I would be like, oh yeah, yeah. I agree with like the secular idea that we shouldn't have prayer in school, okay. right? And I don't why I align myself with those ideas, I don't know. But I just let them go because I bought into the secular worldview of like, oh, religion and, and government should be completely separate and that includes all of these things. And I just, that's the way everyone thinks. So I just went along with it,
1: Okay. right? So was it interesting to you when you started hearing other people's opinions and it, your views were challenged?
0: Yeah. So then, so like, then I say
1: the, like for instance, the prayer in school thing, mm-hmm. you just assumed it went along with it. Well, of course that'd be a good yeah, thing. Yeah. Then when you heard people opposing it, you're like, Oh, wait a minute. Why do they oppose that? Yeah. Okay. And
0: then, and then I asked myself like, well, why are you aligning yourself with the secular worldview? Like you're, you don't agree with it. Why are you aligning yourself with it? Okay. So, um, specifically I started with science because I'm just like a science math minded guy. Right. So, um, I started like, I was like, okay, I believe the Bible and I haven't really thought about how old the earth is. I mean, I know what I was taught in school, but I'm saying I'm not thinking about it. How old the earth is or how does that play into Genesis or what does that mean theologically or what is it like? I just accepted it because that's what I learned. And I I mean, I, I, it was just a matter of fact without even thinking about it. Okay. So then I was like, okay, if if the Bible is like my ultimate authority that then science should support that
1: right okay so which is well Um, if it's your ultimate authority if if you believe that that if you believe that it's true
0: i said that wrong if science is i'm sorry if if the bible is the ultimate authority
1: okay if the bible is
0: yeah not mine if the bible is the ultimate authority then science should support it right if god authored the bible God is the authority. He authored the Bible. The Mm -hmm. Bible is the
1: authority as far as like what we know of God. Yeah, you shouldn't be able to go out there and find things that contradict it. To undo it, right? Right. It should be consistent. So I was like, okay. You should be able to test it. Yes. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. So then, so I started like looking into it. And my first criteria was I don't want to hear from Christians because I know what they're going to say. Right. They're going to just be biased. I want to hear secular people tell me that the earth could be young. Right. Here's the thing. You're am going to find that. Right. Because they're already committed to the secular worldview. I, I,
1: well, I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't think that they are denying evidence. If they found evidence that led them to a different conclusion, they're open to following that conclusion. Well, so I don't believe that. So I, that's that's not something I believe. I believe I don't believe there's neutrality.
0: I, I can tell you that up front. I don't believe anybody's neutral. I think
1: everybody has a worldview. I I say right in that I've heard you express that in some of our Mm -hmm. sit downs, and
0: that everybody acts according to that worldview. And sometimes worldview change, worldviews changed, changed. That's monumental, right? It's when you go from being a Christian to being an atheist, or you go from being atheist to be a Christian.
1: Yeah, that's a big worldview change. All right. So before we get too deep into that's going to be, that would definitely be one of the things that we get into. Mm -hmm. So, so we've kind of told people what what led you here. Mm -hmm. So just to, um, you know, introduce myself a a Uh little bit more. So I grew up religious, Mm -hmm. um, and, and not just the, um, you know, Christmas, Easter kind of, um, going to church. We were in church every time the doors were open, Mm -hmm. um, every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, Wednesday night, Mm -hmm. mom sang in the choir. Dad was a deacon, you know, all, most all of the, um, uh, vacations or, or trips that we went on were with either the church group or, mm-hmm. you know, just our family. If there was another family, it was a church family. I mean, mm-hmm. so we were, we were very, very, uh, involved. And so if you had a, if you had a church and there was, you know, a dozen families that made up the core group, we were one of those dozen mm-hmm. families. Okay. So, so that's how I grew up and, um, really didn't start questioning things until, uh, I'm 48 now really didn't start, um, questioning things until, I was about forty three, mm-hmm. I'd say, so about five years ago, <clears throat> and um, a couple of reasons why I started questioning things, and I'll, I'll get into those, you know, in a little bit. But once those cracks started forming, I'm kind of like you. I want to know, I want to know if what I'm believing is true, um, and I, if I have beliefs that don't have good basis. I want to know that. Mm -hmm. Me too. 100%. Yeah. So I started digging in and the more I dug in, the, the more, um, the more I found uh, not only my religion, but various religions to be false Mm -hmm. and not have a good, Mm -hmm. a a good basis. Yeah. And at that point I, uh, there's a, there's a bit of a, when someone has grown up religious and now they're not, there's a bit of a coming out. Um, and, because their community mm-hmm. um everybody they know is generally of the same belief anybody right. anybody that they're close to
0: yeah you're like going against your parents and your family and the people you know and right right i remember, yeah.
1: i still remember the first conversation that i had with my wife and said hey i'm i'm starting to doubt these things and and um so she was the first one then my sister you know mm-hmm. so it was almost a, a a progression as as far as uh telling the people that I care about the most this thing that I've been deeply connected to Mm -hmm. uh, for many years that I'm beginning to detach from that Um, or as a lot of atheists say I'm I'm beginning to deconstruct that Um, and so I've been in that deconstruction process and now I would say where I'm at is more of and my wife and I talked about this not long ago um, I'm more in a reconstruction process Mode. Now that I've deconstructed all this, and I'm I'm firm in uh, in my lack of belief uh, in that way. Now I'm starting to say, okay, well, what do I base things on? What what do I base morals on? Mm -hmm. You know. uh, So now I'm more of in a reconstruction mode. It's funny you say that because I was actually going to say the
0: exact same thing because I've heard you for you or for me for me. Yeah. No oh, listen. You haven't
1: broken down anything.
0: Yeah. Listen. This is what I'm this is what I'm getting at because I've heard you and the other people talk about um uh deconstructing Christianity. And okay. that's exactly what I did. I started deconstructing not science but the science narrative
1: oh, okay so okay. You're, you you're in, but not deconstructing religion you feel like you've been deconstructing science Science,
0: right same thing but just doing it with with the science the, the modern secular science narrative so i didn't get what i was looking for from secularists because they're bought in so I, it was like well the only place i can go to is christians so i started looking at christian scientists and then i realized like Dude, these guys went to the same universities, they got the same jobs, they do the same research, they see the same data, they're not dumb, they've got all the PhDs from Harvard and Cambridge. I mean, one of the things that made me start listening to Christian scientists is when I learned that John Polkinghorne, um, who was the head of physics at Queens College in Cambridge, say... There's nothing about science that disproves God. He was a Christian. Nothing about it that disproves God. And now I wouldn't agree with his theology. He believed in like an old earth and evolution and all that. That's fine. But my point is just like, he's not an idiot, right? Because, you know, Christians get painted like, well, when it comes to science, like country bumpkins that don't know anything. Right. And these people are not. they're, They're really smart. So I started listening to them and they're punching holes in the secular narrative, mostly about historical science, right? I mean, we all can know like gravity and stuff like that. I'm not talking about like operational science that we can test. I'm talking about the things you can't test like historical science, right? And and then I start learning things and, and then I go back and I listen to the secular scientists and I'm like, hey, like you're saying that as if it's fact, but I know it's not fact. I know it's the best inference or your best conclusion based on the evidence that you have. Right. An inference to the best explanation, right. You're, you're just saying this is the best explanation we have. And I was like, Oh man, like you guys aren't rock solid. And that was the first like crack where I was like, Oh, secular science is not like on an unshakable foundation. And yeah, I'll be,
1: I'll be eager to get into some of those mm -hmm. with you because I feel like there are areas. So Scientists don't know everything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think the difference, in, the difference is is that when they reach a point where they don't know, they're fine saying, we don't know X, Y, and Z. Whereas believers, a lot of times, anytime they get to an area that they don't know, they say, therefore, God. And they insert God into, into that. It's often referred to as the God of the gaps. Yeah. Right? And, those, and the problem is those gaps, as we learn more, those gaps keep getting, get, keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So I don't, I,
0: I disagree a hundred percent with that. And I'll give you an example. So also along this time, I started to like, learn how to critically think. I thought that was important. Like I need to learn how to critically think. I don't need to know when people are not telling me the truth or I'm not hearing a good argument. So I started teaching myself to think critically. Um, Anyway, so um, this is, I'm going to give you an example of the opposite of what you said. You said science don't know everything and when they get to the point where they don't know something they're willing to say we don't know it let me give you an example of that not
1: of that not happening okay so before you do that okay so I'm not saying <clears throat> you got to remember all this is people right and people people aren't aren't perfect right so I'm not I'm not saying that that you can't find a scientist somewhere I'll give you most multiple examples I'm not saying that you won't <laughs> find a hundred scientists. <laughs> from various places that say something I'll give you 101 right <laughs> that won't say something ludicrous right yeah. in the end there's still people you know that's different than a published peer reviewed uh, you know journal that that is commonly accepted there's a, there's a difference there between one individual's opinion and this is what the scientific community has said yeah we've now we've tested this and and we agree Okay, well th- then, th- this is the case. There's a difference in those things. The same as, you can find preachers of, we can find ten preachers today that will disagree on various um, aspects of their theology. There's a debate that either happened last night or has happened in the next couple of days with Tim, a friend of both of ours. He's having a debate with another believer on demonic possession, whether or not it's possible or not. And so I asked him, I said, "So wait a minute, you guys are both believers." and y'all are now having a debate on whether or not demonic possession is reality or Mm -hmm. not. And he said, yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, so I I think you can find people that disagree on, on both things. But I think when something becomes published, peer reviewed, you know, there's a standard that has to be met. And so I don't want you to think just because you, you found a scientist to say something, Crazy that that is what science says. He he's not speaking for the entire science community. I just want to lay that out there, but I want to hear what you had to say. This guy said,
0: "Okay, so real quick, my response to that would be like, if you don't know, then don't say you know. Say we likely right, and but it, but it's not. And that's the thing. Real quick, your your characterization of like um, scientists are just willing to say we don't know. I don't find that in in my in my going into the world and listening to people." To secular scientists, I don't find that, and I'm going an, to give you an example.
1: I get that. At the same time, pastors are willing to say, repeatedly, over and over and over again, uh, tons of things that they can't know at all. I'm going to I'm going to give you an example here, right?
0: Okay. Because um, pastors doing it doesn't make it right. Right. Well, well I mean, the fact, that, the fact that both sides do it doesn't make it right. But, right. But so I'm watching Bill Maher, like Bill Maher's show. He's got Neil deGrasse Tyson on there. Okay. He says to Neil de Neil deGrasse Tyson. So the Big Bang is settled science, right? And I, I'm actually a pretty good memory on this one because I, I wrote it down because I, I, his... Um, first of all, it's a big, fat, logical fallacy, but just his his response really struck me. as like, there's an example. Bill Maher says, The Big Bang is settled science, right? Neil deGrasse Tyson says, Yep, yes, it is. And there's a little laughter and jokes in there. because, Yep, yes, it is. How do we know, Bill Maher says, How do we know that it's settled science? And Neil deGrasse Tyson said... The Big Bang satisfies all of the observed data that needs accounting for. Mm -hmm. All the observational data that needs accounting for. The Big Bang satisfies all the observational data that needs accounting for, right? One, that's a big fat affirming the antecedent logical fallacy because also, God satisfies all of the observational data that needs to be accounted for. Okay, so, I see how you, you see got what there. I'm saying. Yeah, right. So that in in, in just real quick, like in a logic class, they would present it like um, if the if it's raining, the grass is wet. The grass is wet, therefore it's raining. Or the sprinklers are on, or somebody used the hose, or the right. dog peed. Right? You,
1: you presented an explanation,
0: <laughs> right? I'm with but, you, but but he said it settled science. So he said, "Hey, you guys believe this," and that was the answer he gave. And then the other, I can't think of his name, the scientist. is like a thin guy, he's super charismatic. He's got this soft British voice, and he just sounds like he's wooing you. I can't think of his. I think it's Brian something, but um, he was on Bill Maher. Brian Cox. I feel like it is a C. I want to say Callahan or something okay I,
1: I think i know who you're talking about i think i know who you're talking about you know but um Pete, see if you can look up see them. if
0: you can look it up like a scientist named brian yeah. i think it's brian cox yeah and he's uh he's just like he's he's kind of you see him a lot on yeah TV very and nice stuff. guy yeah
1: yeah soft-spoken
0: oh dude you want to talk to him like mm-hmm. i would love to have a conversation
1: with him yeah can
0: you click on that let me see his picture yeah that guy yeah yeah okay So he's on there and they said, Bill Maher asked him the question, a different episode. How do you know? And he says, cause we can see it because we can look into the, into the far reaches of the universe and we can see, and I don't have his quote that well memorized and Mm -hmm. we can see the universe forming. And I was like, that's not true. The James Webb telescope. Now maybe that's an old video and it didn't date well, but I was like the James Webb telescope literally just disprove that like they pointed it at what they thought was the oldest part of the universe that they could see right and they were expecting to see galaxies forming and stars forming and you know what they found and and um, simpler elements right and you know what they found a universe that looks pretty much like the universe around us like it, it you can go read the articles all over the internet it was a huge thing because they got the opposite of what they're expecting my point is this is that we can't see it like and it it doesn't it, it might satisfy observational data but so do a lot of things And my point is just this, I just, those are the things I wasn't hearing before, right? Now I hear them and I'm not tricked by that anymore. But before I started on my journey and started learning, I would have heard Neil deGrasse Tyson say that and been like, oh, okay, that's why it's true. But now I hear that and I go, actually that whole argument falls apart immediately, you know, and it's not. And then again, I don't, I, I believe in a young earth. I'm fine with that. I think that there's plenty of evidence that supports
1: that. I think you would be served well you said that whole argument falls apart immediately. You, I feel like you'd be doing yourself a favor if you backed off the whole and the immediately, and just. Um, I, I see what you're saying. I
0: mean, it does though. That's I not, do
1: see. I do see what you're saying. It's a
0: bad argument.
1: I think that. Uh, I think that it could be some more details filled in there and you'd be happier with it and I, and I also don't think that it's like yep the whole argument falls apart immediately immediately and therefore god and specifically your god I don't well, think that I don't think I didn't that, say that just now I just said that's why uh, I'm fair enough yeah. fair enough you know but it seems in, it seems implied well okay so
0: like you said though there's there's more things to it that is just an example of um, scientists secular scientists presenting something that is not it might be settled science in his mind, but something that is not actually, it's not even science because you can't see the past. But let's forget about that for a second. Um, you can't you can't observe it. You can't you can't observe the past. You I can't test the past. Right. Think, what when, is No, dude. What is the scientific method? Observable, testable, repeatable. You Hang cannot on. observe I, the Big Bang or test it.
1: OK. Right. So the answer the, the answer to that is when essentially the speed the speed of light. Right. So we have measured. You do know, you do feel uh, that, that we know how, how fast the the speed of light travels, or do you doubt that also? I, I do doubt it. And I can tell you why,
0: but I'm going to tell you why using Einstein's physics, that's the thing.
1: Okay. Well, I'm, I'm not going to tell you why. Using I'm just going to give you the, I'm just going to give you explanation. I'm, I'm just going to give you the explanation then. Yeah. All right. So if we look at something that say, uh, is so far away, right. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say that, let's say that we say that, uh, an, an object is three light years away. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you turn it on a flashlight and then turn it off. How long does it take that light to get to you? Mm-hmm. So when you look through a telescope and you look at something that is a long way away, you could be looking at light that if you were at that point right now, may not even, may not even be there. It just took that long for the light to get to you. Mm-hmm. So. The, for, the further distance that you can look, mm-hmm. you are constantly looking further and further back in time.
0: Okay, so the big assumption there is that the speed of light is the same in all directions at all times. That is not known. You cannot measure the speed of light in a one-way direction. You can only measure the round-trip speed of light. So, if, this, if light travels at different speeds in different directions, and this is Einstein now. This is not Jason Lyle, the creationist scientist. This is okay. Einstein. He said he can't say for sure that the speed of light from, I think he says like point A to M, and from M to B is the same, right? It's, you can't measure it. And he said it's, when he was talking about, he chose, Einstein chose to use, in fact, it's called the Einstein Synchrony Convention. He chose to, to use the same, to make light travel. When he did his calculations, he assumed that light traveled the same speed in all directions. Okay. that's called the Einstein synchrony convention. Even though he can't, Einstein synchrony convention. Even though he can't prove it, and he said when he made that decision, he said, "I'm not saying anything." He says it's not a hypothesis about uh, the physical properties of light. It's a convention I choose of my own free will. And what he's saying is, I don't know the one-way speed of light. I'm for whatever sake I'm using, I'm going to say it's the same in all directions, and so. It's not impossible for light to travel toward an observer at infinity and away from the observer at, you know, twice the speed of light, we'll say. Hmm. I'm sorry, half
1: the speed of light. It's interesting. Is that right? So it, I, I, why, why I don't was I say, never taught that? Why was I never I taught that? I don't say that I buy into it. It's interesting to hear you, in my mind, make an attempt to – break it down dude
0: that's rock solid physics I, I, right there could
1: be could be um but it's interesting to me how i'm i'm sitting with a guy who has broken down you know uh the speed of light and said now we can't count on that whereas a lot of things are you know based on that um, yeah but it's all assumes the round trip speed of light yeah and and so the and thing- i'm not and i'm no scientist and yeah. you're not and you're not either but so let me ask you this It's it's interesting to me that you'll question things like mm-hmm. uh, the Big Bang, the speed of light. Um, I'm sure various other things mm-hmm. you know that may come up, um, but you'll believe stories in a book from 2000 years ago that described miracles, mm-hmm. be it, you know, 5,000 people or so got fed with, you know, a couple of fish and a couple of mm-hmm. loaves of bread or mm-hmm. somebody walked on water or mm-hmm. somebody was resurrected. Mm-hmm. And you, you find that all you find all these things to be true.
0: Yeah.
1: Even though those can't be demonstrated or tested or anything else. And you'll, and you'll attempt to break down science that people living here now and in the past have spent their lives studying and researching and testing in order to see if there's anything that they're not seeing and something that they have gotten wrong. And, and you'll discount all that and, and instead believe stories that we know absolutely that we can't test and verify and demonstrate today, like, well, like walking on water or resurrecting or you know, curing disease with a touch or you know anything.
0: Well, so here's what I would say to that is that I, I consider the Bible to be an accurate historical record. I I believe it's true. Obviously, I believe it's the God's revelation about himself to us, but also in the the history that it tells us and the stories it tells us, I believe them to be historically accurate narratives. So to me, four people tell me a story about Jesus, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, let's say. Four people tell me a story about Jesus. I'm like, That's good. That's like good evidence that that happened.
1: Even if it's amazing. And when people point out discrepancies between those four, you don't buy into that.
0: Well, the thing is, is that
1: I I know what you're talking about
0: Mm -hmm. where the stories aren't exact, Mm -hmm. but two stories not being exact is evidence of nothing.
1: Well, what if, they're, what if they're explicitly contradictory? There are no explicitly contradictory stories. Okay, we're going to write yeah. that one down. Okay. be write that down. Yeah, gonna, there's no explicitly a, contradictory that's, that's stories. That's going to be
0: a day. Usually it's a, a harmonization issue. It's like people say, well, this guy says this, and this guy says this. Which one was it? And you say both. Everything happened. It all, we just heard the same story from two points of view.
1: Right. That's usually how those things work out. If somebody said right now, if there was a story that said there's three people sitting in this room. Yeah. And somebody else said, no, there was five people sitting in that room. Is that a contradiction? That would be a contradiction. Okay. And you don't think that happens in the Gospels?
0: No. Okay. All right, good. And I can give you an example of one I, I know of. And it's like, I think it's in it's in the Old Testament in Kings or something, but there's two different um, accounts of the number of soldiers that were at a battle. Mm-hmm. And I forget what it is. one says a hundred thousand, the other one says one hundred and eighty five thousand something like that. But it's two different accounts of the same story giving two different um, counts of the soldiers are there. And so that that was one I that someone brought up to me as a or that I read was a contradiction. yeah, right? But you can harmonize that and that's the thing when you believe if you believe something is true in a historical accurate record then when you hear things that contradict each other you, you try to think of how you would harmonize it is it crazy to harmonize right and this is i'll just tell you because this is the thing i thought i thought about it i was like man that is two
1: it's like numbers right and then i thought when you say harmonize what, is, what does that mean uh i mean i know what it means in vocals and that yeah kind of thing, but yeah it, it, same
0: the same thing try to take two stories and harmonize them so that they work they they complement each other they don't contradict they complement Right. And so you would take something like that. Right. And you would say um, and I would say, okay. well, if I said we had one hundred and fifty thousand troops in Iraq. okay, Mm -hmm. And then later I said one point five million soldiers served in Iraq. Are those contradictory or are they
1: complimentary? Well, they could have been taken at different times. So, you know, uh, one guy could have been speaking in January. Mm -hmm. and and with what happened there but even if
0: you put Uh, it on on. okay sorry
1: so one person could have been talking in january when Mm -hmm. we had you know say one hundred fifty thousand troops there and then another guy could be talking the next you know describing things that were going on in the next january Mm -hmm. and at this point we had more troops Mm -hmm. he could also be i'm trying to give credence to your point Mm -hmm. in this Mm -hmm. example and then again he could also the, the two people could be saying uh, this many people were actually boots on the ground in Iraq. That's what I thought of. But then you get this 1.5 million, and that's all the people that are sitting behind a desk at the Pentagon. Yes. That are, you know, so. I, so that could be on the same day. That could be on August sure, 1st, 150,000
0: sure. and 1.
1: 1.5 million. Sure. Right? Yeah. So that's why I say harmonize. So you feel like the contradictions can usually be harmonized. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay all right so we're, we're gonna get into that okay at some point okay um but just to be clear you believe that that the entire bible is accurate so what i mean is the all the miracles
0: yeah i believe it's 100 percent accurate okay it's it is the ultimate authority god is the ultimate authority and then his word then by extension is the ultimate authority
1: that's surprising to me that that you don't believe current you don't believe science of today but you believe miracles in a book from two year, 2,000 years ago, and you consider those to be true. Historical, accurate
0: records We're not is I'm that not different that,
1: Is that different than true?
0: No, no, that is true. I believe it to be true. I'm saying that that when you talk about things like evolution, um, you, we don't have a historical record of from an evolutionary viewpoint obviously I don't believe that, but from an evolutionary viewpoint, we don't have a historical record where someone observed what happened in the beginning.
1: So do you think that if we can't observe it, we, there's no way to prove it. No, what I mean is, uh,
0: there's, um, so
1: for instance, a crime scene, no, but that's different.
0: That's different. Well, actually it's not different. It's similar in that you don't know exactly what happened, but you can piece it together. But I'm saying with evolution and abiogenesis, they're not, they don't have, there's nothing to observe. You have today and you can look at the world today. And then you assume that this is the way the world was then, yeah. but we don't know. But this is. Let me just real quick. I just want to bring this up. Just,
1: just hang on one okay you, you just brought up abiogenesis, right? Yeah. And, then, and this will be another one that we get into. We're going to end up with a long list. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it, it, are you keeping track of this, P? <laughs> <laughs> we need to make sure she's got a notepad because yeah. when we say P, write that down. There's... I'm going
0: to watch this video like a hundred times and write down everything. Yeah, you said. yeah, definitely.
1: So abiogenesis. This will be another one that we can we yeah. can go over mm-hmm. I, again. Neither one of us are scientists, no. right? But we there's can, certain we can play in the shallow end, though. Sure, there's certain elements that make up life, uh-huh. right? And scientists today have taken those elements, put them in a dish, hit it with electricity a bunch of times, right? And those elements begin to coalesce and form little uh, amino acids mm-hmm. and the basic, the you know the 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 building blocks of 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 life we find them uh we find them in space we find them on meteorites we find them throughout the universe are these basic building blocks and they do self coalesce and 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 self organize and uh so so abiogenesis is not impossible i mean we've we've essentially done it in a petri dish so this is a good
0: example of you overselling what actually happened. And okay. I,
1: and, and I don't want to dig too
0: deep into this because I'm also in the shallow end as far as like I'm sure. learning. Yeah, but I'm, um, I'm stretching. I mean, yeah, that's, a, that's yeah. OK, but I've, but you're you're not wrong in what you're saying. You're like, you're not telling me a lie, but you're overselling it a little bit is what I'm learning right now. So also, I would just say because amino acids form naturally, let's just assume they do. Right. OK, that doesn't. Mean that you evolved from amino acids, right? You see what I'm saying? Like that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean all, the neo-Darwinian tree of life evolutionary theory that we all have common descent is true. Now I know there's other they will,
1: but to be clear, you're not saying that we didn't. What's that? Evolved from amino acids.
0: Oh, I don't believe in evolution at all. Oh okay, that God, right. created. That's it, right. Okay. Yeah, that's remember, right. I remember who I am? Yeah, you're yeah, yeah, the atheist. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so okay, but. Like, this is, I think, um, a good point. You were talking about believing in miracles. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. And you, and you specifically mentioned resurrection. Okay. Okay. So let me ask you this. And then you just now described evolution and abiogenesis, which you sort of co-signed for. I know we're no scientists, but you just kind of co-signed for like, oh, yeah, the idea makes sense to me. Okay. So tell me why you are readily ready to believe that not, no life life has never been on the planet. Let's just say never in the universe, right? As far as we know, but it definitely never on the planet. Okay. How come you're willing to say no life became alive? That makes sense. But when it comes to the resurrection, something that actually was once alive, that had everything it needed to be alive, couldn't come back to life. Yeah. Doesn't that seem like a contradiction?
1: I don't <clears throat> I feel like you got to say resurrection is well, possible. I, well, that fine. I don't you know, whatever you think I have to say, that's okay. But I'll tell you what I'm. Just, no, actually, let me talk for you. Yeah, go ahead. I'll tell you what you'll say. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't think that we that we've been here forever, Mm-mm. but we are here now. Yeah. Right. So, so, um, so we had to start somewhere, right? <clears throat> and I don't believe in any supernatural. I, I look in the natural world to see. For answers, and I trust people that are working in the natural world, and uh, and have peers that that intentionally try to see what they're overlooking or where the holes are in their mm-hmm. in their thinking and that kind of thing. And um, so, in essence, I, I would say I, I trust the scientific community yeah. to um, to research these things, to um, to peer review one another, and look for holes. And then, when they've done a lot of that and tested it, and, and, um, and then they finally come out and say, okay, this is what we know as of right now, mm-hmm. right? Those things make more sense to me than miracles or, you know, I just wished something into, into creation. You know, so, th- those things make more sense to me. I guess it comes down to plausibility. Yeah. But,
0: but why? Why is it, if you say that nothing has ever even been alive before, but it became alive, mm-hmm. but something that was alive, can't become alive again like that seems contradictory i think you i think you have to give up one of them in other words you can you can hold to your abiogenesis view yeah yeah. but you got to say resurrections it's possible
1: i mean it's if i have to give up one that's fine yeah and i already have i give up the resurrection no no you don't once you you once i once you kill something i believe it's dead okay so it's done
0: okay so why that's
1: different when i said give up the when
0: i said give up one you said i gotta
1: give up one and i did Resurrection
0: no one no one viewpoint which is either something that is not alive can become alive okay or that cannot happen it either can happen or it cannot happen if it can happen then the resurrection is possible if it cannot happen, then abiogenesis isn't possible so that's why I say
1: you have to like I feel like you're like literally directly contradicting yourself By, so you're saying that the resurrection something that has been alive but is now dead and then can be alive again. Seems more
0: plausible than no life inorganic chemicals in a primordial soup getting zapped by electricity and turning into life. That seems crazier to me. Sure. <laughs> you sure. know. Well, I, I, I'd say this, they're both exceptional. Uh... <laughs> okay. So I would say if you're going to be consistent, be like, well, he could have rose from the dead. That's what I would say. If I was, if I was an atheist and I was trying to be consistent, that's what I would say. Yeah. Is this where you want me to talk for you?
1: No, no, <laughs> not at all, not at all. Um, I feel like the, the description that I gave a, a little bit ago about the the building blocks of life. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like that has more of a logical explanation mm-hmm. to it mm-hmm. than uh, than a resurrection. Okay. Even though both of them,
0: when they happened, well, how do I say this? Even though when abiogenesis happened, it had never happened before, and just. Happened to happen. And we've never observed it happening since like we've never seen cells just form. We've never it's never been observed in nature. Actually, scientists struggle to even do it. They they can't take a cell, poke it, pull all the stuff out of it, and then it reform into a cell like it's done.
1: Yeah, still still doesn't give me the um, ability to pull in magic and say, okay, now you know i like super supernatural okay. i think supernatural is a better word cuz i think it's natural
0: it's just supernatural
1: okay right yeah it still doesn't when i don't have an answer for something i don't feel the luxury of saying well anything and i don't i can't figure out i can just pull something out of the supernatural and say oh but now it all makes sense but i don't think i'm doing that i don't i don't
0: think i'm saying because i because evolution doesn't make sense to me i think god created everything i'm saying that because god is real evolution naturally is going to fall apart like the theory of evolution is going to fall apart because it directly contradicts the bible yeah i know you
1: believe those things i mean you also believe in the young earth Mm -hmm. right um uh you don't believe in evolution no
0: I think I, even without the Bible, I think evolution is just a really bad theory
1: from what I've learned. Really? By putting
0: my toe in the, in the shallow end. I just think it's a really bad theory with a lot of holes, a lot of holes that can't be answered. Yeah. You know, and I don't mean um, scientists will figure it out one day,
1: but like. We should take a field trip one day to like the Museum of Natural History mm-hmm. um, just to see what we what we find. Yeah. How, how good the evidence is, or if that fills in any holes or gaps. Or... But after that, we're going to the Ark. Oh, nice. The Ark
0: Encounter. Right. Right.
1: Dude, that place is awesome. I've... I love the Ark Encounter. Was... When I left
0: there, I was like, the Ark is definitely possible. It's not impossible. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I believe it's true, but I'm saying after leaving there and yeah. seeing it, like how they thought out everything, I yeah. was like,
1: Psh, it's totally doable. So... So we're going to spend some time in all yeah. those things and, yeah. uh, and a lot of different topics. We'll we'll take whole episodes and we'll devote to some of these and we'll educate ourselves and yeah. see where we end up. Let's shift gears a little bit.
0: Can I ask you some questions real quick? Sure. Or were you going to? No, no, no. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. So when you think about um, like uh, when you, you say you deconstructed Christianity or when you started to leave Christianity. Okay. When you look back, this is something I think is interesting.
1: To be clear, I didn't deconstruct Christianity like as a whole. I right. de- de- deconstructed my belief. Your belief. Okay. In, in it.
0: And this is something I think is interesting when I hear people who were once Christians and now they're not. Is I've never heard anyone say, yeah, like Jesus was my savior, but I don't want that anymore. What I typically hear is, um, you know, I was involved. Like. You you hear the, I was involved with church. I, I did a lot of things. I was always there. I was, I, you know, like that's the demonstration of your faith okay. is, is the actual physical things you did. Sure. And you never hear, I, I've never heard anyone say like, yeah, man, like, like Jesus saved me. Like it was real and I believed it and it was deep in my heart and I just knew it and I praise yeah. him. And then all of a sudden one day I, not all of a sudden, then over time I decided, I don't want that anymore. Yeah. I want that out. So, uh, so uh, how, how, do, how do you respond to that?
1: Like, what do you think about that? Well, the first thing I'd say is, is um, that's the only way that somebody can explain their faith to you is how they've how, how they've lived it out. In other words, if somebody, wa- if somebody walks through the door right now and, and says, I'm a Christian, right? Okay, well, how do you prove that? You know, there's no scar that I can show you. There's no there's no thing. You know, I didn't get a, you know. Mm-hmm. um a tattoo? Th- right. You join my church, you will. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing I can physically show you or yeah. demonstrate to you. Uh-huh. The only thing I can do is describe to you um, the the actions that I took, the way that I behaved, the the, the the motions that I went through. And I mean, I can go into other things. You know, um, when when Patricia and I were were um, a young married couple, I had a sales job and i had to travel a lot so i was one week in town one week out of town one week in one week out you always you often hear these stories about businessmen in hotels mm-hmm. you know being away from you mm-hmm. know and, uh, and of course i did the whole time growing up uh, you know and so um as a young married man christian i was on guard to not you know let any temptations in you mm-hmm. know so i would often you know carry my bible with me um I would never mm-hmm. uh, I would never venture out, you know, after I got done with my day and I was at the hotel room. It was always, oh, I'd grab some pizza, head back to the hotel room. You know, but you didn't find me in, like, the local, you know, bar or the yeah. local whatever, you know. And I would oftentimes just head back to the hotel room. I'd read my Bible for mm-hmm. hours on end. Mm-hmm. I'd call my wife, talk to her, you know, talk about the day, that kind of thing, you know, just to intentionally avoid some of those things. So all someone can give you is um, – what their actions were, and this is how they lived it out, and well, so in me describing you my young, my younger life, and saying you were, we were in church every time the doors were open, da da da. You know, I was just trying to kind of give you my background and yeah. tell you that yeah. I wasn't just uh, uh, the Christmas Easter mm-hmm. Christian. But so. those
0: kinds of things are common. So let me ask what, you, this.
1: What, what what would be better for you?
0: Well, when tell me when you got saved.
1: Uh, first time I was about thirteen. I say first time because to me it it was just an emotional experience Mm -hmm. uh but i'd say i was uh 12 13 years old like what that's know what happened like oh i was in in a church camp or something uh Uh, no it was uh sunday morning uh Mm -hmm. youth and they had i remember they had uh four or five um of course you had the main guy preaching Mm -hmm. and then you know whenever there's time for an altar call you know if you want to talk to somebody there's numerous people that you can stand up and go talk to you know Mm -hmm. um Typically, the girls would go talk to the, one of the ladies. The boys would go talk to mm-hmm. one of the gentlemen in the back. Mm-hmm. And and so there's a very um, emotional sermon. And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, you don't want to spend eternity in hell. And, you know, if you're not sure right now of where you're going to spend eternity, then you probably need to talk to somebody. Now, yeah. let's see who's going to get up and go talk to somebody. Yeah. You know, that kind of a, you know, mm-hmm. prodding, you know.
0: Dude, I hate when churches use emotionalism.
1: Yeah, well, so after after 20 minutes of that, like, you know, it kind of just breaks you down. And finally, you know, uh, um, once you start getting a little emotional and, you know, fearful and that kind of thing, you just, you know, you want it to you want to have assurance. You want to you know, you've been it's been drilled into you that you don't have this assurance and that if you don't, then terrible things could come to you. And so what do I got to do to go get the assurance? I got to go talk to Danny or you know Tommy or you know is that where I go getting? So I did, you know. Okay. And so, you know, shed some tears, said a prayer. But you uh, don't feel
0: like you got saved in that moment cuz you said the first time. So you when you look it back, when you look back, you don't go that's the moment Jesus saved
1: me. Well, now I don't believe that I ever got saved at all. I believe that okay. I had an emotional experience. Okay. At the time and for years after, I would tell you that yeah, I got saved in that in that moment. Yeah. Then after that there was times where um uh I again felt guilty um feel yeah. like I had uh, as they say backslidden mm-hmm. needed to uh rededicate my yeah. life and yeah. those kinda of, so there was mm-hmm. other um spiritual moments um that that peaked and uh and I would again have kind of a reckoning and say come back to uh back to the lord and you know Um, I'm sure confess a bunch of things and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, from here on out, I'm going to, you know, fly right. And, you know, Uh, so there was several uh, rededications, I would say, after that. Um, Again, like I said, emotional experiences.
0: So you now looking back, you're like, Jesus isn't the son of God. So I never got saved. I just got emotional.
1: Yeah, this is just to me. This is just stuff that people uh, make up and have made up uh, for generations. Mm -hmm. Um, That emotional experience at 13. Had I not been there that morning, I would have never had that experience. Mm-hmm. The other times where I rededicated uh, my life had I not been um, listening to certain things on the radio you mm-hmm. know uh, on these business trips, yeah I would uh, for hours and hours as I was driving, I would listen to mm-hmm. preachers on the radio I love doing that yeah, um, so I would listen to all these things. Had I not done those things, I wouldn't have had those those experiences i wouldn't yeah. have felt um the way that I did in those moments. Gotcha. Um, so, just, and I feel like it's not too unlike right now. You know, you could watch a, a movie or listen to music. Mm-hmm. You could bring yourself to tears this afternoon and be emotionally. You That's know, why
0: I hate when churches use emotionalism. Like it's not hard to get people up uh, uh, worked up. It's right. too
1: easy, actually. Right. It's cheap. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a play on the emotions as far as I'm hate concerned. It, hate it. Oops. So. Um,
0: sorry, I'm trying to get this kind of adjusted a little bit better.
1: Um, so that's different than me.
0: Um, just piggybacking. I like, I know when I got saved and no doubt about it. I know when it happened. I know, I remember I was, I don't know how old I was. I just know that we moved in the second grade and I was at the house before we moved. So it was no later than the middle of my second grade year. And I had these terrible nightmares and, uh, like I was afraid to go to sleep and, You know, I never told anybody, but I just kept it myself. And I had a whole ritual I went through with had to do with my teddy bear and where he was in the room. And this is how I kept myself from getting nightmares. And then, you know, we always went to church. Mm -hmm. One day I was in there, room by myself, and I thought to myself, "If I, because I'd all you know heard about Jesus, right? And I knew he was my savior, and I knew he wanted to save me, and I knew he could come live in my heart. All these real basic things. Mm -hmm. And I thought, man, if Jesus came to live if I asked Jesus to come live in my heart and save me from my sins maybe he'll also take away my nightmares hmm. so because I didn't want nightmares I asked Jesus to come into my heart and be my savior and save me from my sins when I say that that's not good theology well I'm sorry when I looked back on it originally i I too got saved multiple times meaning I went to the altar and asked Jesus to be mm-hmm. in my heart. Right. I know looking back now that because I thought that child who said that had bad theology and that's just, it's not why you get saved to you get your, your, your nightmares taken away. Looking back, my theology was rock solid, dude, because not the nightmares, because I didn't doubt Jesus. I knew what I had been taught. I knew he could come into my heart. I knew he could take away my sins. I knew all these things, no question. And I prayed the prayer and there was a feeling, I don't know how to describe it, except a seven year old or well, second grader, or however old that is. Shouldn't have um, a burdens to be lifted, but mm-hmm. I just felt like in that moment, I felt like I was free. I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah. And I just laid there and it was like a weight off my chest. And, um, and it was actually, I, I prayed that prayer Many nights in a row because I wanted that
1: feeling back. I remember that, you know, first time's always free. Yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that, my nightmares didn't go away. I right. mean, they did eventually when I grew up, they didn't go away immediately. But I know. So when someone asked me, how do I know I'm a Christian? I don't say because I went to church. I say because that night I know Jesus came into my heart. Like, yeah. I know it. You know, you know?
1: I've, I feel like those um, I feel like we're emotional creatures. Mm hmm. And um, I cry all the time. I mean, I'm not afraid to show. Actually, when the
0: camera's not on me, I just cry. I
1: cry a little bit. <laughs> when we leave here, you probably cry a, cry a little bit. I figured you did. You know, <sighs> um, I feel like we're emotional creatures, and this the same as I was saying a minute ago, we can cry over a movie or music or anything like that. As as little kids, we can have imaginary friends. We can, you mm-hmm. know, it, um, the mind is capable capable of a lot of different things. Uh, And taking you to places that are sometimes unpleasant, um, whether it be monsters or, Mm -hmm. you know, anything else. And so the the mind is an incredible thing. And I feel like religion plays on the mind. Mm -hmm. if you had never told, you know, if you had been told that somebody else was your savior, then you would have prayed to that being or that thing. It's more more a matter of geography. You know, if you were if you were raised Muslim or if you were raised Hindu or you would have prayed to, to Allah or, you know, one of the Hindu gods or. You know, there would have been somebody else that you prayed to, but because you were a little kid and your mind is very pliable and, and, you know, it's like a sponge, people can put whatever they want in there. And so they, they put those things, and the next thing you know, as a young child, you have an emotional experience. And so even when you're sitting there by yourself in your own bedroom and nobody's there to coach you, that's what's going through your head. And not Allah or Vishnu or, you know, any of the other gods, but this god so, that you've been taught about, you've Okay, been, you know.
0: Well, yeah. And I just want to say that, um, yes, I was raised in a Christian home. I was very fortunate and I was raised in a Christian home. The fact that I was raised in a Christian home is irrelevant because that has nothing to do with the truth of what I'm saying. With the truth of the Bible, with the truth of my arguments. Yeah, but that doesn't
1: negate what I just said, right? If you had never yeah. been taught about Jesus being your savior, and instead you had been taught that, that uh, Allah or Vishnu or any of the other Maybe guys, it, you wouldn't have had the knowledge of who to pray to. That knowledge had to be given to you by someone.
0: Yeah, but that's that, that doesn't make... You're impl- implicitly saying that's why it should be disregarded and it's not true. I'm saying I could be raised in a Christian household, have that experience when I'm seven, and all of Christianity is true. I just I'm, want to I'm, put I'm, that out there. Sure. Because sure. it's it's like smuggled in. Sure. And that's all. Sure. You know. Um, so. Okay. So going back to you. Okay. Um, so you look back now and you say I never was saved. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, so. D- um, you just feel like you were tricked into being. A Christian? Is that what you think? Because you oh, were yeah. taught, because just the way you described me, because you were taught it. I mean, not maliciously tricked. I'm yeah, not saying that, your parents are trying to get you. Yeah,
1: yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But like you were
0: deceived because that's just what you were taught. You weren't taught anything else. You were just taught that. Right. Okay. Uh, I think that's interesting. And I think I'm actually just asking kind of from a theological point of view.
1: I, let, me give you, let me give you another good example, right? Babies aren't born racist, Mm-hmm. right but if you want uh, a 15 or 20 or 40 year old person to be racist you teach them that well i know people aren't born christian right I get that right what i'm saying so in, in my family right um so part of my family is from uh, uh my grandparents mm-hmm. and, and are from mississippi mm-hmm. in the sticks mm-hmm. right and they grew up they grew up mm-hmm. poor and uh you know and it was um it was kind of a uh, Mississippi burning kind mm-hmm. of a time mm-hmm. <laughs> when they were uh, when they were our age. Right. Um, racism, racism was very rampant, mm-hmm. you know, in that area uh, when my grandparents were, were mine your age. And so I remember as a young kid, uh, there being some uh, pretty racist things said mm-hmm. in my family and then other parts of my family kind of, you know, squashing those down or, or telling me, Hey, don't, pay, don't, don't pay attention to that. You know, grand, grandpa's just, you know, he believes these things, you know. Yeah. A, every race, the, people are people are good or bad, not based on the color of their skin, but based on their, their character and how they are as people and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But if I'd never heard that and i just listened to the, these other opinions, then I'm sure I would be, you know, an extreme racist mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, uh, those views were, were squashed and Christian views were instilled. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I was... Mm-hmm. That's what I was taught. Mm-hmm. Had those views not been instilled, but say more of a scientific views on things or more, like you said, I wanted to learn to think critically. What mm-hmm. if we taught that to kids when they were four or five, six mm-hmm. years old, taught them how to think critically and look at information and assess data mm-hmm. and make decisions for themselves and not believe something just because you're, you're told it, Yeah, you know? So the, a young mind is very, very much like a sponge.
0: Yeah. So again, though, that doesn't negate the truth of the Christian worldview. Like it's true. Someone has to tell me about Jesus for me to know about Jesus, not denying that at all. Right. Right. So, but that doesn't, the age that I was taught or how I came to that is irrelevant to whether that's true or not. So that, that was just my only point. I get what you're saying. Do you think that's why we're told to go spread the gospel? I know somebody's got to say it.
1: Do you think you would have stumbled across this truth if no one had ever told you? Well, in other words the sun will burn you if you stay outside on a hot day w- without yeah. some protection. God right? could reveal it to me, yes. You know, you, you know that you're going to find out on your own regardless of whether, whether or not somebody tells you. A wasp is going to sting you and hurt you. That you can find out on your own regardless of if anybody warns you or not. Do you think that the same is true for this for this truth that you Yeah,
0: God could reveal it to me. I mean, he could make me come across the Bible. He could do whatever. Yes. He could reveal it to me, which I guess the Bible is just people telling you in written form. Right. But no, you wouldn't know anything unless someone told you it. Right. That's just the nature of being alive, but being a human. But, um, I think that, um, I, I'm not doubting what you say and I don't want, I'm not trying to undercut it. Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure that it's said that that doesn't in any way affect the truth of the Christian worldview. Right. Yeah. And perhaps if I was born in a Muslim country, I would be a Muslim first. Perhaps I would be a Muslim and then perhaps God would save me and and I would become a Christian. It's impossible to say what would happen were I somewhere else. He could have made me been born in India with the intention of saving me so that he had some mission for me. Right. Right. So maybe I would be. Maybe I would start Hindu. Maybe I would end Christian. Maybe I wouldn't have either view and come to some other conclusion. I, yeah, I just think it's irrelevant. You well, know? I think
1: we're going to enjoy getting into these things. And I do too. I, I think, think, yeah, I think the next time that we get together, I'm going to have a notepad. I'm going <laughs> to right, start keeping track down. of these things. We'll go back and watch this. I know I have to make a list. Um, cause yeah. I'm, I really am looking forward to getting into these things mm-hmm. with you. Um, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed, um, uh, the times that we've gotten together mm-hmm. before. Now we've had mm-hmm. at least a dozen times where we've gotten together and, and yeah. had margaritas and sat there for hours and talk about yeah. these things. And so, and I think other people are going to be interested in these conversations and how they go and seeing that even though we have extremely different points mm-hmm. of view, that we can still get together and, and have these conversations and help each other to think more critically and challenge each other. Yeah. And
0: then have a margarita and like laugh and talk Absolutely. about other stuff, you know, and for, for me, like I, like I said, I'm, I think it's divine providence that you were the one that showed up uh, for the meetup. I think um, other people might've showed up that I wouldn't have gotten along with so well. Right. Like we, we we hit it off right from the start. Well, you sat down and we talked and we were good. Well, one did. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't want to call anyone out. (laughs) There was one person and we clashed a little bit. Um, So, but, but I, I don't think it's an accident that someone that, I sat down with, and I was immediately like, oh, yeah, I'll totally be this guy's friend. You know what I mean? Right. Um, And I just want to, like, I want to help Christians to have confidence that they're not, they're not, we're not backed into a corner that, and science is slowly painting us out of the picture. Like, the reason that there is science is because there is God, and I want Christians to just have confidence to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? That's my... Yeah. Not, not not just science but in the world philosophy theology science whatever we're talking about mm-hmm. it only has value because there's a god and okay stand up put your chest out and say it yeah you yeah. know
1: what i mean so even though i totally disagree <laughs> what with that um <laughs> uh, i do appreciate the opportunity to sit and challenge these ideas without um you know my big thing is i'm not attacking you Mm-mm. personally Mm-mm. I, you know, I feel like you and I are gathering to talk about this thing and mm-hmm. we can disagree about it mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. At the end of the day, i do anything for you. Yeah. And if you were ever in trouble, I'm I'll, yeah. I'll be right there. You know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I really enjoy being able to challenge the ideas and you and I being able to sit down and, and, uh, flesh these things out.
0: Yep. So. And I love being challenged and I want to challenge you. Right. Same, yeah. same way back. Right. 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 I and want Gary, to be I wouldn't necessarily think that way. Right. Yeah.
1: A lot of times when we, when, when we finish up these discussions, I find myself going home and looking things up and, <laughs> right, and asking myself, well, why do I think that, you know, dude,
0: uh, ever since my conversation with Elliot on Thursday, I've, I've had our conversation just bumbling around in my head. Like if it's been 20, Oh, let me oh, go. ahead. the best part
1: about yeah. the other night. Right. Yeah. Cause you and I always have uh-huh. these, right. Yeah, you and yeah, I always yeah. get together and, and i I'll, often leave those leave these conversations going back and looking something up or whatever Mm -hmm. and I haven't I don't feel like I've stumped you you know Mm -hmm. you've told me a couple times I've said a few things that have made you think or whatever Mm -hmm. right and uh, and so the other night while that conversation was taking place you and i were in the background and, you know, yeah you're like man if i was up there right now i'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like oh, oh, oh you know and so then afterwards you and elliot got mm-hmm. in conversation and, and i saw that and i was yeah. like oh man that's gonna be really good right <laughs> so then i ended up walking to the front of the room now now elliot's in a conversation with somebody else yeah. and you were sitting in one of those chairs and yes. i saw this look on your face and you're like but i mean that couldn't have I
0: mean, wait <laughs> dude, he had my gears grinding. I know.
1: I saw it as I was walking. Up. I, I should have stopped and taken a picture of it right there because oh, I, I saw yeah. your wheels turning right there. And I'm like, <laughs> dude. okay, somebody got in there. Yep.
0: And here's the best part, too. I was going to just tell you is that so that was Thursday night. So I'm thinking about it the whole way home. Yeah. Right. I go to bed and I'm sleeping. And at 2 a.m., my brain was like, we can solve this right now. And I woke up, dude, and my brain went straight to my conversation with Elliot. And I just laid there for two hours with it bumbling in my head to the point where I went to work late. I I texted my boss like, I'm going to be late. I couldn't sleep all night. Yeah. Isn't that funny? That is awesome. I woke up. My brain was like, let's do it. We can do this. Oh, yeah. All right. And then at about 4 a.m., I tapped out like, brain, we're not going to get it tonight. Yeah.
1: So, But we'll get it.
0: (laughs) <laughs> well, thank uh, you again yeah, for, man. for this you. one.
1: And I can't wait to get into some of these yeah. other topics. 100%, man. All Go. right, buddy.